everybody. Welcome to the Pixel Meditations, episode number 10. With you is your host, Steve, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Toby. Toby, we finally made it to double digits. This is it. Yeah, 10 episodes. I can't believe it. Yeah, 10 episodes, and we kind of want to point out something before we actually introduce this topic, is we thought it'd be kind of fun, because we do so much meditative, kind of serious reflection, that every fifth episode would be something a little bit more zany or a little bit more kind of out there. It doesn't mean that we won't talk reflectively or we won't keep the uh, conversation intellectual, but we might have a little bit more fun with it or choose more of an off base topic than usual. So uh, yeah. What do you, what do you think of this idea? Yeah. So I I think it's always good to mix things up a bit. Um, You know, we've done a couple uh, zany episodes and I think it'd be fun to just kind of, throw a topic out there that might not be sort of in line with a lot of the previous stuff that we've done. Right, right. So what are we talking about today? So today we're, we kind of uh, want to just like talk about the uh, worst gaming experiences or just like the kind of like the bad gaming experiences that we've had. So um, I think a lot of gamers, you know, have these experiences that one can only categorize as kind of really bad. <laughs> um, they come in various <laughs> forms. They come in various forms. Such sophisticated terminology. It can only categorize as very bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, they come in different forms. Very, very bad. Yeah, they come in different forms. But in general, uh, yeah. I, any Any gamer who plays a competitive game or a game where you're trying to figure something out in some kind of artificial world is going to encounter some degree of frustration from time to time. And this has been popularized, you know, by many, many people online. Uh, we're both fans of the angry video game nerd. And, you know, he, he's like super famous for, you know, kind of just expressing the frustrations of the average gamer, maybe exaggerating a little bit, but, we kind of want to just get into this a little bit, um, kind of what our bad experiences. Yeah. And also, I mean, there's also the famous Leroy Jenkins from 10 years ago or so. Oh yeah. I love, uh, you, you must Jen- remember that. Oh heck yeah. That's a, <laughs> like a total wow thing, right? As World of Warcraft, the guy rushes into the dungeon and his whole team ends up getting slaughtered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh man there's also i don't know if you you remember but like way back in the day there was a counter-strike memes about like ponying noobs like do you remember all those videos no i don't recall them okay this is pretty old i'd have to look up the name of it but it's pretty funny i'm sure a lot of our listeners probably know about that okay cool and um, I would also like to add that uh, I think there's a lot of kind of bad gaming experiences that can kind of happen outside of the actual act of playing them too. You know, they're also kind of social. And I've had some, I've had a few bad experiences with friends or trading or kind of sharing games. And I think that stuff can happen even outside of the actual game as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's not just the gameplay. It's kind of like the culture and like interacting with your friends and everything like that. Yeah, because, I mean, I've had definitely – I'll get more into it later. But, yeah, of course, video games can be valuable. They can be very personal to you. Um, Sometimes you kind of get to that 
especially when you're a young kid, you kind of want to have what your friend has or your brother has. And there's a lot of kind of uh, social uh, debacles you can kind of fall into in the realm of video games if you're not careful or you're a young kid and you make bad decisions. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we love talking about the good parts about games and the things we really love about games, but there can definitely be some parts of it that aren't so great. (laughs) Yeah, and we'll kind of keep it a little bit more fun. We are going to talk about a little bit of serious stuff today, but I think overall we're going to kind of keep this a little bit more lighthearted. It's not going to be stuff that's going to break your heart or, you know, anything like that. So don't don't get too down on it so far. We're going to try to keep this thing kind of fun. Yeah, for sure, man. So let's uh let's just start off by talking. We talked about it a little bit, but you know when we talk about bad experiences in gaming, we talked a little about a little bit about bad experiences within the game and socially. But what are kind of like a lot? Of, what what would you kind of categorize as like the harmless bad experiences in a game? Like what there's like we talked about kind of a bad trade per se, or the Leroy Jenkins. You kind of get your whole team killed, but what? what are kind of the common bad experiences that a lot of gamers are going to relate to? Um, so I think like the classic example would just kind of be like the rage quit. So um, me, like probably later on I'll, I'll go through some of my experiences of rage quitting, but I mean, especially for very competitive games where you're kind of hard on yourself and you kind of see the game as like a, you know, assessment of your abilities and like, intelligence and stuff like that like playing with other people and then hearing them like kind of like make you go tilt um you know like you you want to rage quit and you want to just like leave the game so that's kind of like a big one (laughs) (laughs) yeah rage quitting uh that just for me it has fighting games written all over it that's the genre that makes me rage quit the most (laughs) really okay Um, i've literally I've thrown controllers. I've cussed out my screen. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I've cussed out a couple friends. I have fighting games. I like some fighting games. It's not really one of my go-to genres, but if there's one genre of games, if you want to really get me pissed off, just put on like something like Mortal Kombat or Street <laughs> Fighter, one of those like, classic fighting game series. Yeah, especially if you uh, fight, if you play uh, Mortal Kombat like I play Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Where you start like just uh, what is what is that move? You start like kicking their shins over and over again, and try to like try to kick them over and over so they can't actually escape or hit you with any moves back. It's like the cheapest thing in the world, like shin kicking over and over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I'm probably the lamest Mortal Kombat like player ever. Like I just do the dumbest moves, but whatever. See, I just like didn't have the patience to ever memorize the moves, so I just kind of like jumped around and then I'll, like duck down and wait for the other player to like get bored, and I just try to uppercut them every time. Because when you do the uppercut, it takes that like almost half their HP gauge, or at least like about a third of it. So I just sit there and kind of like duck around them and be like, "All right, you're gonna, I'm gonna force you to jump towards me, then I'm gonna uppercut you." But it's a very like hit or miss strategy. It doesn't work all the time. Good players can get around it. Yeah, definitely. I mean. I don't know. I, I, I even am not ashamed to say that I'm kind of like a button masher when it comes to fighting games. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> but nothing is worse than if you're like a skilled player and you're playing against somebody and they're button mashing and they're actually like beating you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess like maybe like stuff like the early Mortal Kombat's might be kind of prone to that, but I feel like it's, it's really hard. I mean, I've played really good players and I guess, like, in the only fighting game I'm really good at is uh, Super Smash Brothers. So if someone's, like, the equivalent of, like, a level one or two computer in Super Smash Brothers, they literally have, like, 
point zero 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 one chance of beating me. And that's how I feel when I play these really skilled Mortal Kombat players and I suck. I'm like, maybe I can win one out of like 110 matches. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But what's another like harmless uh, gaming experience that you've noticed? Um, one that I kind of have to deal with a little bit more because I like some longer games like RPGs is sometimes you get invested in a game and you kind of might like it in the beginning, but you start kind of getting bored with it or you want, when you want to play other stuff, but you feel the need to finish it. So I've definitely finished some kind of like mediocre games in my life that I just kept playing because I was like so far into them. I was like, well, I don't want to put 20 hours into this game and then not see the end. I might as well just put the last 20 hours into it. And I think that's kind of a bad experience because when you when you start getting kind of lack of time and you're working and stuff like you don't want to spend your precious video game time playing bad games or even mediocre games yeah no definitely and i think people feel that because i mean games are kind of expensive like when you drop 60 bucks on a game and you're really hopeful that it's going to be something good and you're playing through it and maybe you like a few parts of it but then like you realize that there's like huge grinding or something that's just not not for you and then you just feel compelled to just like force yourself to play this game. I mean, I kind of, I don't know. I'm less susceptible to this because like, I think a lot of the games that I played, I just haven't finished. And I don't know. I mean, I think that's kind of bad in and of itself sometimes. Cause I, I don't know. I just like give up on games, but I can see that as being kind of bad too. to like, just be just, yeah, it might depend on your, it might depend on your gaming philosophy. Cause I remember when I was a kid, I'd have like five RPGs going at the same time, but I would never beat any of them. I'd have like <laughs> this ridiculous amount of RPG files going like, Oh yeah. Grandia, Xenogears, Final Fantasy seven. I'm playing all of them, but I'm like four hours into each one. But no, I'm kind of now when I get older, I'm kind of like a one game, one or two game player. So I'll have like one main game like Zelda or like, um, I think the most recent game I probably beat that was longer was uh, Valkyria Chronicles and I'm playing Octopath. So I like to have like one kind of long game going at once. So then on the side, sometimes if I don't have a lot of time to play that or I get kind of bored, I'll play some like really small games like shooters or some fighting games or platformers or whatever. That's kind of my style. So maybe I'm more prone to that than you would be. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe. I don't know. I I don't I don't really have like a huge problem of playing too many games at once. But I don't know. I, I think I used to more, but not so much now. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, like, I do have, like, like I said, I have a Sega Saturn. A lot of those games are arcadey, so you can kind of put them in. So I'll play something here and there for, like, 10, 20, 30 minutes. But as far as, like, actual game files I'm invested in, like, I might only have one or two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so I don't know. This one doesn't really apply to me, but I think um, making a bad trade is something that people do a lot. I don't know. do Do you trade a lot of games? Uh, I don't trade a lot of games now. I used to as a kid because I played with my best friend and it was really like us two. And we were like, we hung out like every day and we had like the Super Nintendo, Genesis, PlayStation 64 between us, Game Boys. And we were constantly trading games. I mean, like we would have like these ridiculous, like 30 minute proposals with like games laid out on the floor. Like you're going to get these like seven games and you're and they're really good. These are mid tier games, but I really want this like one expensive game you have. It, it was ridiculous, man. And sometimes when you get into like those really complex trades, and you take that long to like kind of like debilitate at what you're actually going to trade, then you make the trade. 
sometimes you feel horrible about it after. Or sometimes you like realize you're like, wow, I got a steal out of that. How did I make him? How did I get him to trade that? Like, so yeah, I think you definitely can make bad trades. And I think the funniest example I have from story is, do you know Colonel Cross? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When Colonel Cross came out, I don't think it was really expensive, but for a little while it was a, it was a pricey game. It maybe cost like 40, 50 bucks. And I remember I really, I had Colonel Cross and my friend really wanted it. So he offered me this like kind of like big trade where I like definitely like and neither of us were ripped off, but like he got Chrono Cross and I got some other good games. And the next time we went to the game store, we saw that Chrono Cross was marked down to twenty dollars. So he had lost like sixty dollars worth of games in this trade because of the markdown in price. But of course, at the time of the trade, neither of us knew that. <coughs> so yeah, definitely bad trades can affect you. And I might say, and nowadays maybe you buy used stuff from a game store, you buy used stuff online, eBay or some Facebook marketplace, you can get burned on there too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, games are kind of like commodities and the prices kind of vary and go up and down. And um, I don't know, there's a lot of games and people can sell them and try and make them seem like they're better than they are. So yeah, and especially when you're a kid, man, and you're just like trading these games (laughs) can definitely, it definitely makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I don't really trade much anymore, but I do occasionally sell, and I definitely buy some stuff that, you know, I have to trust online vendors to give me the game I'm looking for. So, yeah, you can you can definitely end up in some a couple disappointing experiences. Yeah. Maybe a CD has a bunch more scratches than is advertised. Or uh, when I actually bought my Saturn, I was really excited to get a game with it, a really good shooter for the Saturn and the CD was actually, it was a burned copy that they made like a repro case for. So I was like, Oh man, like I didn't get the full game. They made a repro copy, but the seller didn't advertise that. Yeah. Yeah. One time I got burned by this uh, copy of uh time splitters Two. Uh, like, you know, remember those little GameCube discs? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, uh, so like I had this little tiny GameCube disc and, I don't know this this freaking copy of Time Splitters Two had the scratch on it, to where like every single time I play, I started it up and it was like playing through it, like maybe like fifteen or twenty minutes into my playthrough, like I could just get into start playing it and enjoying it, the whole game would just freeze. Like, oh yeah, yeah, that's the worst when you yeah. can't even play it, right? Like, no. you, just, you, you get excited to get this new game and you can't even actually put it in. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it really sucks. sucks. And I really love Time Splitters too, so it kind of sucks. It's a good game. I, I had a lot of fun with that back in the day. Yeah, me too. I really hope they do a remake for it. That'd be really cool. Really cool. Might happen. The Switch is getting a lot of games. I saw they put an FMV Sega CD game on there today, so I, I wouldn't be surprised to see anything on the Switch at this point. Yeah, seriously, like <laughs> like so many. That, that's mostly good though. Yeah, so many games are just being dropped for the Switch. It's freaking nuts. Um, so are there any more kind of missing for kind of like pretty normal standard kind of bad experiences? Maybe you would dub harmless or kind of, uh, um, I don't know. I have, I don't, again, I don't have any like experiences with this, but I think people, you know, when they're in kind of like financial, uh, financially dire circumstances might be tempted to just like sell their entire like library of games. And, as gamers who really love their games, it's just like kind of tragic actually when, you know, like your entire console or console library is just like lost. 
but I mean, it definitely happens from time to time. So yeah, like we put, or like, I mean, it doesn't even have to be, um, nothing like when you sell it, like it can get stolen or, you know, something could happen to it. Maybe there's a flood in your house or something like that, but like, like you, you put value in these things and then like when they're gone, you know, for some various reason that's out of your control, it's kind of like super sad. Yeah, uh, I'm no stranger to selling consoles. Um, this is I'll get into an anecdote later that's a bit more on kind of the serious and tragic side of one of my friends. But I definitely have been – I grew up in a very um, non-collecting, uh, non-hoarding um, philosophy. My dad basically said, throw away anything that has no value. Get rid of it all. You know, you don't want clutter. Don't clutter the house. Don't put anything anywhere that you don't need. So I grew up kind of like – between uh, that philosophy being kind of ingrained in my brain and never really having like the money to afford the new consoles as a teenager, I always kind of sold the trade up to some extent, even if I wasn't like the whole console games. So I don't have most of the games I had as a kid. I do have some games from like, you know, 10 years ago or so, but um, yeah, that'll happen. And you'll see it a lot on websites. Like I was on like a nerdy uh, website for trading called game trading zone. And there's definitely people on there that will sell like these huge collections of all their retro games because they're moving somewhere or they lost their job or they just are trying to clean out the house. So yeah, that can kind of be a bummer or a necessity in some cases. Yeah, for sure. And like, um, in, in most areas, I'm not really a hoarder at all, but for gaming, for some reason, like I just keep every single thing I've ever bought related to, consoles and gaming (laughs) it's just that's literally the only thing like i have that i just don't want to ever get rid of um but i mean that's really cool because i mean yeah you have such good experiences with them and some of that stuff will actually be worth a lot of money or you could pass it down to your kids you might be able to make a sweet game room later it's it's pretty cool yeah no totally and i can totally just like see my childhood and a lot of my experiences growing up through games you know it reminds me of different times in my life and yeah i mean i just i really enjoy that aspect of gaming i enjoy like old physical cartridges i enjoy like old consoles um like my old snes has uh, a lot of the kind of like oxidation that that like series had and like there's like a lot of yellowing and stuff on the on the plastic and i don't know it's just so cool it looks like all old and like i don't know it's really awesome I, i mean i love that stuff yeah, that, that, that is really cool, man. I mean, the old cartridges have to be the most awesome thing to see. I have a pretty awesome, like, CD-based collection, but I don't really have much for cartridges. And, yeah, they do look just great to see, like, a row of Super Nintendo cartridges or Genesis cartridges just sitting on the shelf. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think, um, you know, with care, all, a lot of this stuff is going to persist for, you know, a long time in the future, maybe decades in the future. You know, a lot of this, yeah, for sure. a lot of this stuff's going to be playable, so... Cool. Um, very briefly, I don't think we should talk about this too long, but uh, because our episode is not really focused on this, but maybe we can quickly go through some of like the red flags. Like, when does a gaming problem become too much? Like, what are what are kind of some of the warning signs or some of the conditions that create so so called like red flags? Things that go beyond a simple problem or bad experience with gaming. Yeah. So um, I don't think this problem is something that we necessarily have had. But people who are really into games like WoW and stuff like that, um, like famously WoW for sure, but like they seriously just 
get so utterly invested in these games and they become kind of part of their like real life in a way that's like probably like very unhealthy and they're just like dedicating way too much of their time to this you know just game they live in their game like most of their life is spent in this game like obviously that's not good yeah so people who play way too much to the point where it causes detriment to all the other aspects of their life such as work uh relationships friendships some people as we talked about one of our previous episodes gaming in asia some people have even died by doing this and yeah it's very unhealthy it doesn't leave you happy at all can leave you very depressed and basically without any kind of grounding in the real world yeah for sure and um i mean it's definitely a part of the whole thing um like there's that there's like that famous guy from uh south park like he's kind of like a meme a memester now like he, that guy with that <laughs> yeah, that, that big guy and he sits on like a desk he's like super we need to find the sword of truth <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I know you're talking the guy he's like uh he's like leaning back in the chair with like drool coming out of his mouth and pizza boxes he's got his hand one hand typing on the keyboard <laughs> just destroying everybody <laughs> yeah i mean and randy has to get the sword yeah <laughs> Yeah, I love that episode of South Park, but um, yeah, this kind of... It's great that Blizzard actually did it with them, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a really, really great episode of South Park. But uh, yeah, like, I don't know. the That whole part of it is... It's not as significant. I think maybe just because WoW is less of a thing now. Like, people don't really play WoW. And also just that style of MMORPG is not, like, in vogue. But... Um... <laughs> it's definitely kind I still of a think funny it aspect. exists. Yeah, I think that maybe like WoW is the most extreme case, but I still I still think it exists with other games and especially like massive multiplayer online games, which certainly still do exist. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if even PUBG has some people that are playing it ridiculously, like ten hours a day or something. I mean, like I don't exactly know how deep it cuts society at this point, but I definitely think like there's still. It's not quite in the mainstream anymore. Maybe that phase has kind of passed, but I find it really hard to believe that people aren't still doing it. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's not like super in the media now, like it was for when WoW is super popularized. But I think people probably still yeah. do spend a lot of time playing games like that. Yeah. And I guess we talk about time. And the only other thing you can really throw too much at at video games is money. So I guess the other other red flag I might point out is some people just put too much of their money like into collecting. And I know that uh, metal Jesus talked about this a little bit. Like they have some, they're huge collectors, right? So they have some friends that collect, but they do mention that they have some friends that just literally don't understand the boundaries of like what they can buy and what they can't buy at a certain time. So some of these people will just go out and splurge on boxes of games. And then they realize that they have no money left for anything else. And some people don't, some people, probably people who are prone to bad budgeting in general, and I've definitely found myself in this problem a few times in my life on a minor, very minor scale. I've never really gone bankrupt or anything, but you can definitely spend too much money on games. Yeah, no, I mean, you can definitely spend too much money collecting games, but I also think you can spend too much money on, like, in-game purchases. So it's kind of, like, ridiculous how much money people are willing to spend, seemingly, on these, like free to play games and just like through in-game purchases like it's nuts 
Yeah, and I think that like that's a little bit insidious because I think the developers kind of understand what they're doing, and I have never really researched this, so I'm not going to talk about this too much, but I think that part of what's happening there is when you keep spending just a little bit of money, a little bit of money, a little bit of money, you think, oh, a dollar here, a dollar there, a dollar there, it's not a big deal. But when you're playing this game for six months and you're dropping, you know, dollars a day, you're eventually you're eventually you're paying way more than you would for a full game yeah yeah it's pretty um nuts i mean i have played some games where i've done a few in-game purchases before but um nothing like really crazy like um did you ever play actually the only game i really ever played a lot um with uh, a lot of in-game purchases was hearthstone did you ever play that no, I haven't. Yeah, I actually really, really like uh, Hearthstone for it's like a game by Blizzard, like a card game similar to Magic the Gathering. But yeah, dude, there's so many like you can't. I mean, it's really hard to progress without like buying some of the card packs. And yeah, like I've definitely spent a lot of money on the card packs. Yeah, I never really did that. I guess I've always been kind of more on the collector, or buy like the more expensive games. Like I would probably, I would probably be more prone to dropping like a hundred dollars on one game that I would by buying in-game stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's just, it's just kind of a different side of the spectrum, I think, in terms of where you're you're spending your money and where it can go right or wrong. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, like that mo- whole money aspect of gaming is definitely potentially bad <laughs> oh it can't be so i mean yeah i mean you guys time and money are the two things you can really lose with gaming and you got to really be careful about how you um engage with games and how much you allocate how much time and money you allocate to this tabby or any hobby for that matter i mean yeah it's just a it's a tough it can be tough for some people but it, that's where it kind of turns from an innocent problem to a big one for certain people like maybe you or I might occasionally buy a game we shouldn't and maybe have a little bit of buyer's remorse while some people are literally spending their entire paychecks on a game, on games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's unfortunate because I think gaming is just supposed to be like a fun hobby and it's not supposed to be something that people take that seriously. Like they shouldn't put their entire life worth into, you know, the gaming world. But I mean, for a minority of people, that's definitely going to be something that they do. Yeah, but I think that video games, as they become kind of an art form, can kind of transcend just a hobby. You know, some people are making a living off video games now. There's esports that have gotten pretty big. Some people are writing up video games, making podcasts like we are. So I think some people do kind of hope or believe that video games can kind of offer them more than just a hobby. Yeah, I mean, I think that's true. And and we definitely believe that because we're doing something about with gaming that doesn't involve playing games. So obviously we think it's bigger than just a hobby, but um, you know, I'm just mean that there's people who are going to take gaming to like a level that's unhealthy. And I think that's true for almost anything, any kind of hobby or any kind of activity that people do. There's always going to be people who are just extreme. All right. Well, I think that that kind of covers what we want to talk about for kind of problems and bad experiences in gaming. So Let's kind of have a little bit of fun with this, and let's talk about some of the anecdotes from our own lives. I'm sure that you and I have collectively some pretty interesting experiences, maybe even together. And Toby, do you want to start off? Like, what is what is a very memorable bad experience you've had in your gaming history? So I mentioned rage quitting. So I'll talk about this um, through a couple different games that I played. So 
Um, the first game that I probably played that made me really rage quit the most was probably Counter-Strike. So I used to play Counter-Strike a lot with my college friends. And as soon as I started getting into online play with with that game, I noticed that the culture was just like so hardcore and so serious about it. And yeah, like I, I feel like it's kind of toxic a little bit. I mean, people really love that game and it's pretty fun, but... It's just like they take it so seriously and they get so upset and they get like they just like the stuff that people say, like like the way that they can just drop like this totally just like dehumanizing language um, is really surprising. Um, Like a lot of people kind of say that gamers uh, tend to be kind of right leaning, especially on like YouTube and stuff like that. Like, there's a culture within gaming that just, like, utterly doesn't care about just being really, really offensive to just, like, a lot of different people. Um, And, I don't know, this isn't a politics podcast, but that's not really, like, kind of where I stand on a lot of things. And to hear that, like, just rage, like, just, like, really intolerant, just babble from these people kind of makes me feel uncomfortable and, like, kind of, like really annoyed and yeah like i just kind of like rage quit whenever i hear them kind of go off on this like really really nasty tirade but that's just kind of like one of my experiences yeah yeah man um i guess one thing i kind of want to point out though is i don't think these people are doing it in like an educated you know right view i think these people are just kind of getting off with the fact that they found a medium where they can just say something and this isn't just video gaming you'll see this on comments on videos on youtube and forums and essentially anywhere where you can kind of anonymously say something or do something. So I think people just get a kick out of kind of trolling and saying stuff that they can never say in real life. It's like, Oh my God, I'm going to say all these like bad words and these like racial slurs. And I'm just going to throw it all out there now. And I agree. It's pretty like disgusting. I don't do it myself and I don't approve of it, but I think that there are certain people, especially like very young people, maybe teenagers, especially that might be prone to kind of like falling into these like, kind of immature paroxysms of just foul language and just heinous language. Yeah. And it's, it's one thing like to be kind of like funny with it and to like, enjoy it and like, kind of like be a little bit like broy and stuff like that. Like I, I get it, but it's just, it gets just so far and so deep where you just feel like these people are actually kind of like very intolerant and like, it kind of makes me feel like I want nothing to do with them whatsoever. Yeah, I just kind of, like, ignore those people because I don't take them seriously. That's the thing. It's kind of like when you hear, like, the extreme, extreme uh, version of politics. It's like you can't really take it seriously because it's just these people, they just don't make sense. And I I mean, I know there are people who might listen to them and take them seriously. But for me personally, especially since I'm kind of in the center politically, a little bit more than most people, like, I, I just don't take these people seriously. And it's hard for me to believe that anyone else would which is a little bit naive in itself, but that's how I feel about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, it, for me, it's just a turn off and like, I, I just get frustrated by it and then just kind of just walk away. So I had a lot of fun with counter-strike. I don't remember anything that serious. happening. <laughs> um, well, I, I think the story, I can't, I can't get away from this one a little bit. Uh, when I was a kid, like I said, that same friend I mentioned earlier, who we used to trade with, um, 
I we traded a. I really wanted his Final Fantasy VII and Driver for the place Driver. Sorry, a game called Driver for PlayStation, not a literal Driver like Driver the game for PlayStation was pretty new and still expensive. And so I got him to trade his copy of Final Fantasy VII for my copy of Driver. Now, immediately after like two minutes, he started going silent on me and started pouting. And we might have been about like ten years old. We're pretty young, and I on I. Already knew something was up. I was like, hey, man, are you all right? Like, what's, what's the problem? And he proceeded to, like, throw all his memory cards in the trash. <laughs> oh, <laughs> holy crap. <laughs> and then I kind of got the vibe that it was about the trade. And I kind of knew it, but we always said no trade back. And I was kind of being a little bit, uh, I don't know what you say, draconian about it, I guess. Like, I was just like, you know, what? this is the way it is, and you have to deal with it. And, like, he started pounding stuff. Like, he took a bunch of, like, CDs, and he was pounding them on the floor. And he did this for, like, almost three or four hours. And had I done this trade now, I probably would just trade back because I'm an adult. And I'm like, okay, whatever, man. If you're this pissed off about it, like, here's your game back, dude. But being a 10-year-old me, I was being stubborn. I wouldn't trade back. And so for four hours, he, like, won't talk to me. He's kind of, like, screaming a little bit. He's throwing his stuff on the floor. And finally, his mom comes up because I'm spending the night over, and she kind of finds out what's wrong. She kind of knows that I'm right, like we traded, and he said no trade back, but she's like, can you please just trade the game back to him? And so I traded the game back to him, and 10-year-old me being, (laughs) I don't know how to say it, a stupid 10-year-old, I actually broke my game when I got it back because I was so angry that I had to trade it back. So I guess shame on both of us in this case. (laughs) Holy crap, yeah. I mean, I understand the frustrations there, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Little kids do crazy things, but that's pretty intense. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, I look back at it now and I think it's kind of funny. And my friend also thinks the same thing. We both kind of look back and we're like, wow, that's just so ridiculous that that even happened. So (laughs) it's not, it was kind of gone pretty soon after that. It wasn't a big deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. All right, your turn. All right. So for me, um, I did a lot of those like, uh, sleepover, like N64 or Xbox kind of tournament nights. Um, and yeah, like I, I remember playing, um, a bunch of games. So I definitely remember playing like Mario Kart with my friends and, you know, like, it's kind of funny because once you play, like, a game like Mario Kart enough, like, you pretty much, like, rank order, like, best, like, middle and worst, like, every single time almost. And it's like, you know who's going to win, you know who's probably going to get a laugh. That was until the blue shell, though. The blue shell messed <laughs> Oh, the that blue all shell, up. yeah. But, like, when you're talking, like, N64 Mario Kart, like, the best person usually always won that game. And the, uh, in this particular friend group, like, I wasn't the best person. I was, like, often the worst person. And, like, <laughs> every time we play this game, I get so mad. And, like, my like just, like, the, just the horrible thoughts that I had as we're sitting there. Play, like, we should be having a fun night. But I'm, like, getting <laughs> super, like, pissed that I'm, like, losing Mario Kart. And I'm, like, not in first. And, like, I just want to win. But, like, I always just lost because I'm just, like, not – I'm just not that good at, like, racing games. 
and like yeah like i get like super mad at my friend he's like really nice and like we're hanging out but it's like i just want to like kill my friend he's just like what the heck <laughs> it's, it's like a like a dark thought you know it's just like who cares well you know what like the nice friend that beats you is almost worse because you almost want them to like challenge you so you can be like angry at them be like oh you cocky asshole like you, know, you kind of like the th- the really friendly friend that's just like, oh, you know what? You did good, man. You tried. You're like, oh. Then you're just seething even more because they're just not feeding into your kind of rage. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. We're all a little bit competitive with each other. But, yeah, I mean, they're all nice. There's no reason to want to kill my friends. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. All right. What's another one for you? Um, I'm going to very simply say Mario Party. Pretty much any of them. But more specifically, the game, the GameCube ones, because those are where most of my memories are. GameCube, I think it was like four, five, and six or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, like every time I play Mario Party with my brother and my friend, like it was my brother and my cousin mostly. Sometimes my friend too, and like it just always ended up that like skill would be taken out of the game, and I kind of blame Nintendo. Like they're cool games, but. Nintendo definitely likes to kind of make these like gimmicky like traps for players who get too far ahead in first place with like Mario Kart and Mario Party. Mm-hmm. In Mario Party, it's like someone like always steals the first place person's stars. So either one of two things happens in Mario Party. One person either like just runs away with it. They have like five stars and everyone else has like zero. Or like it's like one person has like three and like two people have two. And then the last turn someone like steals the first place and the first place person's star and wins. So, I mean, I have trouble remembering any times that we ever had, like, a Mario Party game end where everyone was like, ah, you know what? The first place person deserved to win. No, it was always like, fuck this game. We're not playing this ever again. (laughs) This game's terrible. I quit. I'm going back to my room. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's so true. No, and Mario Party is really, really bad because, I mean, I love Mario Party, but it's really bad for it, like, not rewarding the most skilled player. Like, Like, it's just, like, so annoying. But... At the same time, yeah. at the same time, it's a great game to play with like girls who aren't gamers <laughs> <laughs> because they feel like they can win and they often do win. And like half the half the like mini games are just button mashing games anyway. So, <laughs> you know, what? I was always the best. No, I, no, most of the games were not button mashers because I was the best at button mashing on the GameCube controller. Oh, I okay. destroyed everybody. <laughs> And whenever it was a button mashing game, basically everyone I played with would just be like, you know what, I'm not playing this mini game. I quit already. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> but then, of course, the other mini games, it was a complete toss up. I probably wouldn't win the mini game where you have to like roll in balls and hit each other off the side or something. You know, there's, there's like combat mini games, puzzle mini games. I always felt like Nintendo balanced those out pretty well. Yeah. But I was like the king of the button mashing video games. Okay. Or mini games. All right. But I, I don't know. I, I'm, su- dude, I'm super excited for the Switch. Uh, mario party like did you see that video i did yeah it looks kind of cool i mean i haven't played a mario party game since i think like 10 for the original wii and i heard the last couple like one or two that i missed have been kind of lackluster and for me it's like as long as i have a social kind of group that's willing to play it once in a while i'd be happy to pick it up and return to the series yeah me too i i just want uh fun mini games that are kind of like more skill based and yeah, like anything innovative, that's cool. Cause they, like I saw that for a couple of the mini games, it seems like you can use two switches together, which seems awesome. You can, yeah, that's really cool. You can combine the screens to make one big one. 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I really don't know what to expect. I mean, it's probably not a game I'm gonna buy the day it comes out. But if I have people that are like, "Hey, let's play some Mario Party," a little bit after that, and people show interest, I might pick it up and be like, "All right, I'll buy the party game for the group." You know. Yeah, definitely. But Super Smash Brothers is more on my radar right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think me too, and a lot of people. Um, but eventually, yeah, like I would love to get Mario Party for sure. All right. Well, how about one more experience each? Okay. So, okay. So for my final experience, I have to talk about um, a game that I've dedicated a lot of time and effort into to kind of become like as skilled at it as I possibly could be. Um, and this game is uh, StarCraft Two. So um, a lot of people played StarCraft, but I don't know. I got really into it. I really loved playing a Zerg, and um i really really love this game like i still love it today and um i live in south korea and yeah um freaking starcraft starcraft country starcraft country yeah man it's great um but yeah i got really into trying to do as well as i can i was like high so for people who played starcraft i was like high platinum low diamond league which isn't like that amazing but for me it was pretty good i was i was better than your average player for sure um and yeah i just like put a lot of time in it and there's various different strategies that you can play so i played a zerg and oftentimes i'd get like cheesed so um (laughs) for people who don't know cheesing somebody is basically doing like a rush on someone's base like as that person is sort of like preparing a more like economic build and, like, yeah, like, freaking Protoss would, like, cheese me, and I get, like, super mad. And when I'm, like, in a very competitive mindset, I just, like, start raging and start, like, yelling and, like, sending off, like, really mean, like, <laughs> like text chats. Like, like you're, like, like you have, like, low IQ, like, go kill yourself, blah, blah, blah. Like, I seriously, like, really mean stuff. Jeez, man, <laughs> that's harsh. It's brutal. <laughs> I know. And, like, and like I'd say this this stuff. And I'd just be like, what the heck's happening? Like, this isn't even me. But it's just like, you get so into it and you get so frustrated that they're doing the strategy to, like, undermine you. And, like, their strategy requires, like, no skill whatsoever. And your strategy is, like, requires, like, every part of your brain and it's super, like, like you know, developed and difficult. And they could just, like, come and do this thing that's, like, just super easy and, like, completely <laughs> destroy you. So you get, like, mad. But, like, yeah, like, that's, like, a huge like moment and i, I kind of had to step back from starcraft and just like think like is this worth it am i do i really want to get this frustrated and mad and like angry playing this game so okay i'll just leave it at that <laughs> yeah I, i'm not going to chime in too much because you told me this story a few days ago for the first time i had no idea you were playing starcraft 2 competitively at all which is really cool um but yeah so i didn't know what cheesing was or any of this stuff so for any listeners out there who just had like a big like what <laughs> for that whole like segments i was pretty much in the same boat but yeah that, that it's a cool story go kill yourself that's really harsh <laughs> i know but like that's that's like like seriously like light like it's not even like the the worst thing you could possibly say or probably like the worst thing i've said to somebody and like yeah i think i don't know just... i think maybe i've just spent i spent too much time yelling at npcs and computers <laughs> and i have people in video games well, that's fine yeah i mean i kind of stay away from the like competitive games now and i kind of just stick with like first person games like story based games because it's like it's, your life's just so much more like peaceful okay cool um well for my last story 
I'm kind of conflicted on what to actually choose, but I'm going to kind of go with something that happened last year because this is something we didn't really talk about, but sometimes you have a hardware failure and that can really cause a really bad experience. I mean, to just preface this, I had a PS3 that in a thunderstorm had a surge and it destroyed the entire console. My PS3 was dead right after that thunderstorm. But what I really want to talk about though is last year, because this really bummed me out. Like I was actually contemplating just not playing my PS4 anymore. I was so angry. I don't know what happened. My I like did a hard reset on my PS4, and I think I unplugged it the wrong way. I unplugged the, like the wall outlet before it was turned off, and I don't even know if that's actually what caused it. But the next time I turned on my PS4, the whole system was wiped. There is not a single game I had downloaded. All my save data was gone, and the PS4 still really doesn't use like cloud saves, so you can't actually like put your saves online as far as i know maybe i'm wrong on that but the point is like i had like files like the witcher 3 that were like 60 hours in persona 5 which i was presently playing which i made it 20 hours into and a ton of files i had built up over a few years of having my ps4 and everything was just gone yeah that sucks too and that it was such a buzzkill and when it happened I had that typical silence about me. Like I just sat in my bed and I was like, what the hell? Like what just happened? Like, is this for real right now? And I was like really thinking, I'm like, you know what? Cause I didn't have a switch at this point. And I was thinking, maybe I'm just going to sell my PS4. I don't really want to play most of these games that just to get back to where I was before. Maybe I'll just sell my PS4 and buy a switch. I'm kind of glad I didn't do that. I just bought a switch on the side later when I had a little more money, but yeah, that hardware failures can really cause a bad time. Yeah, yeah. Fortunately, I've been uh, lucky to avoid any kind of experience like that. But that certainly sucks, and we're all kind of like uh, dealing with that—the risk of that right now. And I mean, Nintendo is going to fix this problem soon, but as of now, there's no way to back up your saves with a Nintendo Switch. I feel like that's such an oversight, and a lot of people have mentioned this, but um, like it would have been great if they allowed some way to back up your saves. Cause right now you can't do that at all. Um, and yeah, for sure. Yeah. We're going to get cloud saves. This is soon. actually a point where was that this is where Xbox, this is where Xbox actually does really well. Like Xbox does allow cloud saves. And I think they might've done that even on the 360. I might be wrong on that. I know the Xbox one definitely has cloud saves, but I'm not sure on the 360. Yeah. At this, I mean, 2018, like this should just be built in and we shouldn't even have to think about it. It should be like steam. Like steam really is the best uh, console ever for uh, cloud saves. Cause like, it's great. Like you can re download a game on a completely different console and you know, immediately that all of your saves are going to be there and everything's going to be fine. Like you're never going to lose any of that. Yeah, very true. And actually, I didn't know that until I did that recently. And I like booted up a game I hadn't played. I think it was like hollow Knight. And I had to re-download like Windows. Uh, I had to put Windows 7 on my computer because it's super old. And I booted Hollow Knight. And I was like, oh, man, my file is still there. That's awesome. I thought it would be erased. But, yeah, so Steam, it was, it's great that they do that. Yeah, like, yeah, Steam is really awesome. And there's just, like, absolutely no reason why companies like Nintendo shouldn't just immediately, you know, take the market leader in that sort of thing and adopt it because that's what the consumers want and that's, like, what – that's the best option. I mean, it's a, I mean, Nintendo's planning to go that way, but it's just like kind of taking them a long time. Yeah. And I think it will happen with all the major consoles. It'll be something that's basically an automatic feature, but I mean, even stuff like some of the older stuff, like, you know, if you have files saved on memory cards, like how much do you trust those memory cards to keep going for a long time or 
some of those old consoles, like CD-based consoles, you have a lens fail or you have an NES that stops working for some reason. I mean, it can be expensive to repair some of those old consoles and memory cards aren't going to last forever. So there can be a ton of hardware issues that can really hinder your experience to enjoy games, especially some of the older games. Yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, hopefully these are kind of problems that, you know, with once cloud saves become the norm, uh, you know, we no longer really have to worry about. All right, cool, man. Well, we're going to kind of uh, cap our 10th episode off with some questions. Uh, this is not this is kind of a bonus segment of the episode, so this isn't going to be exactly related to what we just talked about, but it could be. So I'm going to ask Toby a few questions. Toby's asked me a few questions. They're going to kind of be about gaming in general. We kept it pretty loose. You can kind of ask what you want. Uh, Toby, are your questions ready to go? All right, I'm ready, man. All right, who wants to go first here? I feel like we're doing this. We're not in the same country right now. We're on the computer. We can't just, like, paper, scissors, stone this. So, <laughs> uh, All right, I'll go first. I'm, ask, I'm asking you the first question. You ready? All right, well, here's your first question. It's kind of a weird one. What weapon or attack in a video game would you most like to be killed by and why? Um, <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, it'd be pretty cool to be killed by uh, an Archon in StarCraft because I can join with another body and become a Dark Archon. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no, you probably don't know what I'm talking about. So you like join like the force or something like some Star well, Wars? Well, no, it's just like kind of deal. It's a unit where like two units kind of become one unit. Like you take two Dark Templar. Sorry, you take two Dark Templar, and then you become a Dark Archon. Like one Dark Archon. You're cheating, man. That's not really. <laughs> that's not really dying. You're like evolving. You're evolving. You're, you're not dying. You're evolving. <laughs> okay. Um, so your, your question is if you could only play one console for the rest of your life, which game would you play and why? Which console or which game? Which, uh, console. Okay. Um, I have one, I have one question here to specify this. Can I choose like the switch after it's like completed or is that to make the switch as of today? Um, I mean, I think we got to do 2018. So in 2018. Okay. Okay. Um, if it's one console, I'd probably have to pick the PlayStation 2. Because the PlayStation 2 is, A, it's backwards compatible with the PlayStation 1, so I can already play PlayStation 1 games on it. The PlayStation 2 is one of the biggest library of games ever. It has a large representation of all genres, and there's still a ton of PS2 games I still haven't actually, like, completed. So it might not be my favorite console, but I think it would be the one that would give me the most bang for my buck. Of all the consoles, yeah, I mean the library is just freaking huge. So that's a good, that's a good. Uh, it's huge, and yeah, I, like there's still so many games that I actually would love to play that I've never, I've never played or never beaten. So I mean, I would, I would definitely have easily like five years of great experiences with that console. All right, man. So why don't you give me, all why right. don't you give me one more question? Okay. Um... What which video game villain would you most like to befriend and why? <laughs> okay. So you'll love my answer for this, but uh I would definitely like to befriend Kafka from Final Fantasy Six. Kafka. Kafka. Yeah, not Kefka. No, Kefka 
Yeah, Kafka. K. Yeah, no, no, Kafka. Franz oh Kafka my God. is like okay. a, a horror writer. He wrote the Metamorphosis. <laughs> okay, okay, Kafka, K E F K, and the reason is because he's like a crazy person, and I kind of like, but his backstory is like really sad, and I kind of empathize with him, even though he's like totally nuts and did really bad things. But I don't know. I think I think he has some uh, cool stories to tell. But is he sane enough to tell them? I mean, maybe not. Or would he not kill you? He might kill me. He'd probably kill you. But if he was my friend... He might kill me. If he was my friend, then we can, like, share our thoughts and have some experiences. I feel like you'd have to, like... You'd basically have to be his lackey. Like, there's no way you'd be on equal footing. Um, yeah, maybe not. I don't know. That's that's a difficult... Kefka, Kefka's whole... His whole thing is to like scorch the world. Like he is, he's like kind of like a Joker figure. Yeah, I mean he is like a Joker figure, but I don't know. His backstory was interesting, and I don't know. I kind of, I kind of had empathy for him. Yeah, experiment. The first experiment in the Magitek armor. It's pretty nuts. Yeah. All right, man. You got one more question for me? Okay, I got one more question for you. Um. Okay, so. Which game do you think most symbolizes, uh, like, your love of gaming? Like, your your favorite game? I think you've probably already answered this in some form. But what, what game do you, re- do you really feel like is, like, the most Steven game of, of the games you've played? Oh, that's a hard question, man. That's a really hard question. That's like when I have to like philosophize on for hours I immediately want to answer Suikoden 2 because it's probably my favorite RPG of all time but I don't know if it's the most me game of all time um, but it could be I think for, it, could, it could be for a number of different reasons so there's a game called Suikoden 2 it's a Konami RPG for the original PlayStation. So it was one of the, it was a famous series by them, but they kind of discontinued it. Um, maybe Suikoden Two. I, I mean, I'm not sure this game. I picked this. It's just like one of my favorite games. I think I'm a little bit more quirky than that, though. I think Suikoden Two is a bit. Okay, I'll pick Suikoden Two because I think the game is kind of like me in that it spreads its wings in a lot of different directions, sometimes too much, and my life kind of goes like that. Sometimes I'm too interested in too many different things at once, and Suikoden Two successfully does this but you can't really do all this stuff in one gameplay you can't do everything you want to do in that game and beat it once there'll still be guaranteed to be stuff you can't actually get to unless you want to spend an exorbitant amount of time on your first playthrough and the game has like a very deep serious storyline i really like to reflect about the world but it has a lot of bubbly and kind of like comedic and light-hearted banter it has like a some very emotional ties, which kind of fits my my life. I'm a poet. I'm kind of uh, someone who likes to gush my heart out when I feel like it, but I can also be very kind of deep and not really want to share my own kind of uh, thoughts or feelings at a certain time. And like that game, I think that I keep things kind of brief. I like to elaborate and stuff, and I like to kind of talk about it. Maybe I'm actually not like the game in that way, because I think sometimes I can just banter about useless stuff for a long time. But Suikoden 2, I'm going to give you that short answer. Suikoden 2 for the original PlayStation. 
There's a reason I've beaten that game like 15 times and no other game. No other game in history. All right, fair enough, man. All right, let's do one more, though. Okay. I, actually, I, want to, I wrote my first question. I really want to ask you this question just because I think it's kind of funny. You can – if you don't like this question, you can completely just delete it out of the podcast. Okay. Has a video game ever made you cry? If yes, which one and what moment? If no, what would what would be most likely the moment that would make you cry? Oh, man. I don't know. <laughs> I ever cry. Do probably parts of – Final Fantasy VI probably got me pretty close to that. Um, me- really? Which parts? I would be curious. Which parts of that? I don't know. Wasn't there stuff with Terra did in that game that was pretty sad? Yeah, I mean, she's an Esper herself. She's, like, actually an Esper, and she has, like, really a lot of trouble identifying to, like, people and, like, accepting herself. I think Solis is probably the saddest. Oh, it, okay, yeah, herself. okay, yeah. That's the side. That's the character I think that made me feel pretty sad. I think I think I remember that now. But um, maybe something from Final Fantasy X too. You know, Titus's tears. <laughs> <laughs> Titus's tears. Titus's tears were my own tears. <laughs> I thought. I, I think like. For me, I thought like a Final Fantasy VII of all the Final Fantasy games, Eris's death and that music playing with it has to be the saddest moment in Final Fantasy history. Like Sephiroth just comes out of nowhere and just gets her right in the back with his sword, and Eris's theme's playing, and her little pearl jumps down the stairs. That has to be the saddest. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of moments. I don't know if I've actually cried from a video game to be honest, but um, near Automata had a few moments that were like really tragic. I thought. Um, like like that whole the whole story is just kind of just a sad story really <laughs> i mean you kill like innocent little robots so <laughs> uh, okay interesting yeah so i mean i guess like the the storylines are most like what to get you right like those really deep plots where the characters sometimes die or needlessly kill people or are faced with some like existential crisis yeah okay i've got i've got one more question for you yeah yeah shoot okay so for you, it's uh, what's one game that you could give to somebody who absolutely hated gaming, who, or like what, which you think would like make them like gaming and like would appreciate gaming in like a new way. So like maybe not like a hardcore RPG or something like that, but just something that's fun and maybe it would just open their eyes to like the potential of gaming. Does this person hate gaming just because they've never experienced? Yeah, it? I would or say they have like some kind of. Yeah, like... I would say it's more out of ignorance. Uh I guess I'd probably have to choose Duck Hunt. Like, <laughs> honestly, if I pick any game, it's a classic. I think Duck Hunt because Duck Hunt got as a kid. Duck Hunt got my whole family, and my dad hates. He doesn't hate video games, but he hates the idea of spending any amount of time on them outside of just like a very, very occasional like distraction. And I, Duck Hunt got my whole family, video game naysayers, and no, on that screen, super excited to shoot that little laser uh, laser gun at the screen. And, like, I've never seen a game. I mean, there are definitely are other games that can counter it. But in my personal experience, I've never seen a game that's gotten people that, like, excited to play a video game in itself. And maybe this is 2018. It's a little bit of a different time. But, I mean, I was playing Duck Hunt in university because my friend actually brought his NES and he had Duck Hunt. And I think Duck Hunt's timeless. Like, it's just so much fun. Like, there's so many laser gun games out there, but none of them 
duck hunt is so simplistic and perfect and it's just so much fun to hit those ducks and see how far you can get oh yeah so i think duck hunt oh great yeah no i love duck hunt too man yeah that's awesome um i mean i think uh the the Wii was kind of popular because of like some aspects that were somewhat similar to the you know the appeal of Duck Hunt, but I feel like like nothing even close to as awesome as Duck Hunt. But yeah, like I guess like Wii Bowling and Wii Tennis were pretty popular, but I mean like Duck Hunt's such a better game. I think like Wii Bowling and Tennis are cool, but they're just like I don't know. They're kind of gimmicky at this point. Like the tennis doesn't take all that much skill after you get used to it. Yeah. And like bowling's bowling. It's just like bowling in real life is more fun than a video game, no matter <laughs> how you put it in a video game. Yeah. That's but like true. shooting ducks on a screen is just so much fun. Like duck hunt is a blast. Even if you shoot guns, like my uncle, who's actually a hunter, he hunts deer. He still has a blast with duck hunt. Yeah. No, it has that natural appeal. No, for sure. And you could set up the, the, thing were like pretty far away from the tv where it's actually a little bit challenging to like shoot the ducks right oh i really love that game yeah. <laughs> i really love that game yeah duck hunt's awesome they need they should put that on the switch in some kind of form yeah for sure that'd be really cool all right man well that's that's a good last question i'm glad we closed out with a really good one um all right guys well that's our first 10 episodes we're really excited to be to double digits it's awesome we did not think we'd be here six months ago and we were kind of saying that after 10 episodes, if we had no listeners, we're going to call it quits. But we do have listeners. And you guys, seriously, join us on Twitter, please. At Pixel Meditation, no S, at Pixel Meditation. We're going to be doing a free drink, free game drawing pretty soon. And we just want you guys to like and review our podcast if possible. If you guys listen to all our episodes, you guys like it. Just because that's going to let more people listen. It's going to give us more motivation to keep making episodes. And we cannot do this without listeners. So we would love to have you guys listening. We'd love to make more episodes. We're having a lot of fun. And thanks so much for joining us for that 10th episode. That was a really cool finish to our 10th episode and getting to single digits. Thanks, guys. See you guys next episode.